From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so very much for joining Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. If you want to know how to hear God's voice and how to prophesy, I want you to download my free PDF document. It's a five-day prophetic activation where you get to seek the face of Jesus. You get to do some biblical meditations and activations. Download that today because it is my firm belief that all of us can hear God. All of us can prophesy at the entry level. You can encourage, you can comfort, you can edify people. So please download that free PDF. PDF document right here. The link is provided on the podcast description, the podcast notes, and wherever you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook or even Twitter. But guys, I'm excited for my special guest today. I have Jane Hammond today on Adventures in the Spirit. Jane and her husband, Tom, are senior leaders of Vision Church at Christian International in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Jane is a gifted teacher and storyteller and has written several books, including Dreams and Visions, Discernment, the Deborah Company, and the Cyrus Decree, and her most recent one, Declarations for Breakthrough. The Hammonds have three children and a growing number of grandchildren. They make their home on the beautiful Emerald Coast of Florida. Jane, welcome to Adventures in the Spirit. It's wonderful to be here with you, and I absolutely love the title of your program. <laughs> oh, well, thank <laughs> you so very much. Isn't it? <laughs> it's always an adventure with the Holy Spirit. That's He's it. the most amazing person. I love him so much. Without him, I don't know where I'd be, but it's always an adventure, and it's an adventure to always have an episode here during this season that we're currently in. But Jane, it's an honor to have you on this podcast. I would love to know how you came to know Jesus. Wonderful. Well, I was not raised in a Christian home or a family that went to church, but when I was about five years old, I had an encounter with Jesus when I was praying in my room one day. I'd actually had a little boy in our neighborhood that had died and it really rocked my world. And so uh, back in those days, there was a program on television called The Flying Nun. And uh, there was a little program about Sally Fields and how she would get herself into all this trouble. And she'd go in and get down on her knees and she would look up to heaven and she would pray. And so that was my only point of reference for prayer at that point. And I went into my bedroom at five years old, got down on my knees, folded my hands and looked up to heaven and started praying. And the presence of the Lord came down in my room and wrapped himself around me. And I was addicted from that point forward. I would seek the Lord. I prayed. I didn't know who Jesus was. I didn't know about the Bible, but I did know that God was very real and very present for me. I didn't actually get saved till I was 14 years old, got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 16 and heard the audible voice of God before anybody told me that he was still speaking. So from that point forward, my life was set. (laughs) I love that. That's so exciting. And what has God currently been doing through you and in you in the times that we are currently living in? 
Well, you know, I think that the if ever we're living in a time that we need to hear the voice of God, it really is today. And I think it's very interesting that I didn't really have a prophetic word that we were going to go into a global lockdown or that we were going to be affected by the coronavirus. But I did have a word in 2019, and the Lord said that he was going to take his church out of survival and into revival. And I think that that was prophetically speaking into the times that we're living in right now. I believe that God has really set us up for one of the greatest global revivals that has ever existed on planet earth. And I had a vision at the beginning of 2020 where I saw Jesus walk up to me and I was standing shoulder to shoulder with believers from all over the world. And as far as my eye could see in both directions, and Jesus walked up to me and put a white stone in my hand. And I knew that it represented the white stone of the overcomer from uh, Revelation chapter two, verse 17, to him who overcomes, I'll give you to eat the hidden manna and I'll give him a white stone with the name written on it that only he knows. And that really is a stone of favor. It's the stone of the overcomer. And at, at first, you know, when I received this vision from the Lord, I, I thought the Lord was commending me and he was kind of going down the road, giving people white stones. But later on, Jared, I actually realized that what the Lord was doing is he was prophesying. <laughs> he was saying, listen, you're fixing to go through something. You're getting ready to ch- face some uh, huge, huge challenges in the earth, but I'm giving you the white stone of the overcomer. And I'm, I'm prophesying to you that you can overcome because I've overcome the world. And so I think as a prophet, God has me speaking into the current times, the current seasons, bringing a word of hope, bringing a word of encouragement to the body of Christ. I really feel like we just all have to stay focused on Jesus during this season of time. January 4th, we were in a time of prayer here. And I just heard the Lord say, I'm up to something. I'm up to something. I leaned in thinking he was going to tell me what he was up to, and he did not. (laughs) But I did know when I heard that from him, he was basically saying, we're going to have to trust him. We're going to have to lock eyes with him. We're going to have to take our eyes and our gaze away from everything else that we've put our trust in in the past, and we're going to have to put our trust in him. And so I feel very excited about the season that we're in. I know a lot of things are shaking, but I also know that there's a, a mighty, mighty revival coming. I believe that the church, the ecclesia is rising up as never before. And we're understanding what it actually means to be the ecclesia in the earth, to rule and to reign with Christ, not when we get into eternity, but right here and right now to affect change for the kingdom of God. I'm in full agreement with you there, Jane. It's been amazing to see God using technology for his glory around the world. I'm part of a a revival online in Pakistan, Skype events into villages, seeing hundreds of people saved, healed, filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. It's been amazing. I'd like to, I'd like to kind of zero in on this a little bit about this revival and the ecclesia. What is it that you think God is showing the church to do as we step out of one season and into another? Because I believe we're kind of stepping into, in my mind, like a springtime now. Mm-hmm. 20, right. 2020 was rough. There's <laughs> 2021, but yet God was moving through 2020 in power. And some of us had different glimpses, different angles of the prophetic for 20, for 2020. I mean, I remember waking up from a dream and telling my wife, there's going to be this new holiday. There's some crazy stuff going. And it's one of those things in time we had a 2020 and a crazy, yeah. holiday, all that stuff. Well, what is God showing you about what we might be stepping into and how the church is supposed to rise up? Well, I love, I love what you said about the media and the role that uh, the, that the, the internet and technology is actually playing in this because for example, next week I will be teaching at a Bible college in India in the days. 
and then teaching in a Bible college in South Korea at night. And so um, I feel like I have been busier during lockdown than I normally am traveling 20 days a month <laughs> because the, there's such a hunger, there's such a growing hunger um, within the church. But I, I feel like God has been really preparing the church for what is to come. And there are, there are revivals, there are pockets of revival that are starting to break out because the people in the earth, the people in the world are so hungry right now. They are so disillusioned with government, so disillusioned with our mainstream media. And I think that that people have really been having their hearts prepared to receive something different than they've ever experienced before. And so I know that that we're seeing people get saved online, get healed online. We're seeing miracles happening uh, online uh, at a year ago when we went into lockdown, my husband and I felt like the Lord spoke to us to start having communion every night online at our Vision Church Facebook page. And so at seven o'clock every night for the last year, we've done communion and we've actually been able to reach people in nations all over the world. Um, every, every broadcast is viewed by thousands of people and uh, we're anchoring people in the covenant with God and understanding who we are in Christ, who we are to Christ and what the Lord wants to do through us. I think that the rise of the ecclesia is really an understanding that when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. He used a very specific word for church. He didn't use sanctuary. He didn't use a word that indicated a synagogue or a gathering of people. He actually used a governmental term, uh, a term that was known by the people in the Roman government and the and the Roman citizenry of, the, of his day. The word was ecclesia, and it's those that are called out from the population. And in Greece, it was actually a Greek word. And it was those called out from the general population to form the legislative or ruling body in Greece. And so they were the Greek Senate. The ecclesia was the Greek Senate. And Jesus said, I'm going to build an ecclesia. I'm going to build a, a body of spiritual legislators, uh, and they are going to rule in this earth, and the gates of hell will not prevail against them. And he goes on to say, I'm going to give them the keys of the kingdom that whatever they bound bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever they loose on earth will be loosed in heaven another translation says whatever they forbid will be forbidden and whatever they allow will be allowed and so i think that we're understanding more and more that jesus has invested in us the keys of the kingdom to rule and to legislate here in the earth. In the Roman days, they used it as a military term, and they were those that were called out of the general military population to form a specialized task force that would go into all the newly conquered Roman territories, and their mission was make this territory look like Rome build buildings that look like Rome, establish culture that looks like Rome, in other, repli in other words, replicate Rome in this new territory. And so that's what Jesus was, was saying to us when he taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It literally means let's superimpose heaven on the earth. I know that sounds huge, but I believe that's what he's calling us to do. And he's saying, we need to wake up to understand that church isn't just going to church and singing a few songs and hearing a good message, but that we are to be the ecclesia that are completely endued with power and authority from on high to shift things in the earth realm. Oh man, I love that. That is so good to superimpose heaven on the face of the earth. That's amazing. Now you've recently had a fresh revelation of the decree declaration I was wondering what God did within you to reveal the power of decreeing, of breakthrough, of, of the declaration from the scripture. Well, Job 22, 28 actually says, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established for you. So light will shine on your way. 
And it, I realized that it doesn't say your pastor will decree it or a prophet will decree it. It actually says you shall decree it. I believe it's speaking to believers. We need to understand the power of decrees. We see this when Esther actually goes before the king because this evil, wicked man named Haman had written a decree of death and destruction against the Jews. And the king, she came before the king. He stretched out his scepter of favor and she told him the, the issue. And he said, here, here's the solution to your problem. He says, right now, you yourself write a different decree, write a new decree, write it in the king's name, seal it with the king's signet ring, because whatever you write in the king's name cannot be reversed. And so it kind of goes along with the understanding that we are the ecclesia. It goes along with the understanding that uh, that Revelation chapter five tells us that we are kings and priests unto our God. I think the church has been very comfortable understanding our role as priests in intercession and prayer, bringing the needs of man as priest before God. But what we have to understand is that we've, we're also kings. We're also seated with Christ in heavenly places and that we are to take heaven's decrees, the things that God is speaking into the earth, the things that God is decreeing into our lives. And we are to speak them out as a decree, not just as a prayer or as a supplication, but as a decree that has the authority of heaven backing it. And I think that it's very important to understand that there is, that prayer and decrees actually go in hand in hand. It's not do one and not the other. It's that we are kings and priests and that there's a power that comes when we understand that we are taking what God has said prophetically, hearing what God says, and then speaking it out as a decree, as a legislative uh, act, as a legislative uh, decree that begins to shift things in the earth. Decrees are actually a legal term. Uh, the, the ancient kings in the days of Esther and uh, Nehemiah and the days of Daniel, they all understood that when the king decreed something, it shifted everything in the land. And so what we are doing as the ecclesia is we're turning our ear to hear the voice of our king and then decreeing what he is speaking into the earth with the voice of authority and with the voice of the ecclesia to begin to see things shift and change. So here's a quick question. Like, okay. Can, so we listen to heaven and then God can give us a scripture and then empower that with the Holy Spirit for a particular situation and we could decree over it. That's right. That's right. Let me give you a little, a, a little example. Um, I was a number of years ago, I was walking in my study praying and I just heard the Lord say, tell my people it's time for divine reversals and see divine reversals, divine turnarounds. I heard that from heaven and I went into the scripture and I was in studying the book of Esther at that time. And it actually says in Esther chapter nine, verse one, it said um, on the very day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, the reverse occurred. And instead God gave his people power over those that hated them. And I could see in scripture that he turned our mourning into dancing. He turned the curse to a blessing. He turns our sorrow into joy. I, all of those are the, are the Hebrew word for turnaround, but it started by me first hearing the voice of God. However you hear the voice of God, whether it's while you're reading scripture or in time of prayer. And so the Lord gave me this, this word about divine reversal. And I began to, to write it. I began to study it. But that afternoon, um, my grandson was afflicted with um, something that was due to a compression in his brain. He lost the use of his right leg, uh, his left leg, I'm sorry. And um, he, when they called the doctor who was working with them through the issue of the compression in the brain, the doctor said, listen, I'm sorry 
but this issue is going to now be irreversible because of the, the, the place in the brain where the blood flow was impinged. It's an irreversible situation. My grandson was three and we're talking about him losing the use of his right leg on the very day that God said it's time for divine reversals. And so they're being told it's an irreversible situation. And so I took what the Lord had said to me and we, we brought Lucas over. Not only did we speak a decree, but my family, we wrote a decree over Lucas of divine reversal. And I want you to know that day, nothing happened. The second day he actually got worse, but by the third day, and I love that phrase, the third day, he jumped up out of his bed. He started running around the house. His leg was completely healed, completely restored. And because God turned things around, God began to reverse the things that the enemy had tried to bring on him as a curse. And so we hear the voice of God, whether it's through the still small voice, an audible voice, a dream, a vision, a scripture, however it is that we hear from God. And then it's not, it's important not just to think of those things in our heart or to meditate them uh, over them in our mind, but it's actually very important that we open our mouth and begin to speak things out. Do you realize we can't even be saved without opening up our mouths? It says in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And so I think sometimes we hear from God and we just meditate on it. And God is saying, I want you to open up your mouth and start saying what I say say what I say and begin to speak it out, decree it. And that's when things begin to shift. Do you want to grow in your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you want to commune with the wonderful Holy Spirit like never before? Your adventure with him will grow tremendously as you grow through our fellowship with the Holy Spirit e-course. You can study the course at your own pace on your time. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit will help you know the Holy Spirit more and encounter Him every day. You'll learn His names, His character, His fruit, His personality, and more. Go to FirebornMinistries.com to purchase this life-changing program and start connecting with Him today. Oh, that is so good. You know, I think one of my very first vocal prophetic words was I heard a whisper of the Holy Spirit in my ears. I was 18, I was young, I was in YWAM never really prophesied maybe once or twice before, I heard a whisper of a scripture reference, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now, even though I was raised in the Christian church, I was not familiar with that scripture, but I opened up my pocket New Testament, my Gideon pocket New Testament, read the verses, and the power of God flowed and ministered to everybody there in power. That was the power of the decree and the prophetic rhema word combining with the logos word. That's it was, exactly it was phenomenal. Right. But you've got a revelation of breakthrough. You know, I know that that's kind of a buzzword in some circles right now, but it's, it's scriptural, it's biblical truth. But what is the revelation that God has shown you about breakthrough that Christians can apply? Well, I think that we have to know that God is the God of breakthrough. He's called Baal Perizim in the days of David. Um, in Micah chapter two, verse 13, it says the breaker has gone up before us. And that word breaker literally has this meaning of breaking out, breaking off, breaking things up and breaking out of every kind of uh, restriction and every kind of limitation. Uh, David carried a spirit of breakthrough when he went up against Goliath. And again, it involved him making a decree and opening up his mouth. Um, when he stood, again, uh, stood face to face with Goliath, Goliath said, you know, 
who is this little boy that's coming at me? Who is this dog that's coming to me? Today, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. And, and when he started prophesying to David, I mean, Goliath prophesied. He was like, this day, I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. And so what David did is he opened his mouth and he prophesied right back. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? This day, I'm going to take your head from you and I'm going to feed your flesh. I mean, David just started going for it and it just shifted the whole atmosphere. And I think that we need to understand that when we open up our mouths and we start declaring what God has to say, the spirit of breakthrough actually comes right into our lives, into our homes, our businesses. It breaks us out of where we've been stuck and it breaks us into a whole new experience and a whole new day with God. I love the the Webster's definition of breakthrough. And I think it helps us to understand what God is asking from us, his people, because in the Webster's, the definition is that a breakthrough is a military movement or advance that goes all the way through and beyond the enemy's frontline defense. So here we are, a church that wants to advance the kingdom and the enemy is standing against us. And what we have learned to do so effectively as we have, as the church have learned to go through what the enemy has set up as a defense Um, kind of breaking through the line, but the definition means that we go through and beyond the enemy's frontline defense. So for for example, um, somebody has has a financial need. We have learned how to pray through to break through to get that financial need met, but we've not yet learned how to go beyond. And so when we go beyond, then we understand that our breakthrough begins to lay the platform for others to break through. Our healing begins to lay the platform for others to to break through into their healing. It really is the picture of D-Day in World War II that when the Allied forces came onto the beaches at Normandy, um, you know, at great cost of life, they actually broke through the enemy's frontline defense, but they didn't put their guns down in the sand and stop and have a party. Why? Because the goal wasn't just to break through. The goal was to go beyond and bring liberation to cities and nations that were in need. And so if we have that picture in our mind to understand that God is asking us to be people of breakthrough, that he is our breaker, he's at the head of us, leading us forth, then we have the capacity to break through and to break and to go beyond and set cities and nations free. That that is so good. So right now, uh, I've got an image in my mind from visiting those beaches in Normandy. My grandfather stormed those beaches with wow. I think the 203rd Engineer Combat Battalion. He was 17, 18 years old, young man that stormed those beaches, one of the very first waves. And so four or five years ago, my family visited. Wow. And I'm, I'm a combat veteran myself, Iraq wow. and Afghanistan. So I understand you know, warfare terminology, you know, and, and I, I'm also a scholar, theologian. So the, the Greek, what the scripture shows. Uh, so I'm, I'm loving this. This is amazing, Jane. But um, you've got this new book called Declarations for Breakthrough. So a lot of these revelations you put down into this book, but in that you mention about a sound of breakthrough. Now that got my curiosity. I'd like you to expand on that. What is the sound of breakthrough? So, so if you've ever been a part of an advancing uh, army, you know that they make a sound. 
<laughs> you know, they make a sound. Um, and uh, I, I know that in, uh, in the scripture, we can actually find this um, throughout the scripture. I mean, when, when God created the earth, he didn't do it quietly. He spoke. He spoke into nothing. And the words actually created something out of nothing. God created the entire universe. There was a sound that was released in the days of, of Jericho. You know the story. They marched around for seven days and they weren't allowed to say a single word for seven days as they marched around. And I think that part of the reason was because God knew that they talked themselves right out of their victory before they'd be like, oh, you know, Joshua's crazy. I mean, this, this plan is crazy. You know, God knew the people well enough that he was like, okay, y'all just be quiet for seven days. And then on the seventh day, I'm going to let you release a shout. And when the shout went up, it was literally a sound from the earth that penetrated the heavens. And then heaven came down and flattened the walls of Jericho. We see this in the story of Gideon, when Gideon's 300 were surrounding the camps of the enemy. If you remember what God had them do, he put a, a light in a pitcher and he had them break the pitcher and draw their swords. So suddenly the light is shining, the sounds of this breaking pitchers, uh, 300 broken pitchers at the same time, and the drawing of the swords just reverberated, and it caused the enemy to be terrified, and it caused the enemy to flee. So I think that we have to understand that breakthrough always has a sound. The shout is one of the most powerful tools that you can use um, to shift the atmosphere over your life. I mean, there's something about it that will lift you up out of depression, that will lift you out of a place where you just get so analytical about things. I'm very, I'm a prophet, but I'm very left brain. I want to understand things. I want to figure things out. But there are just times when you just release a shout out of you and it breaks off all the limitations. It breaks off all the, the barriers. I mean, uh, sporting teams use sound to break through. Uh, the military uses sound to break through. And so what we have to understand is that God is a God of breakthrough and he utilizes sound by his voice. And then we've got to echo that and release the sound into the spiritual atmosphere. And when that sound goes forth, it will shift it. It can't just be thinking it in your heads, believing it in our hearts. It's got to be something that comes out of our mouth that brings the shift. That's so good. So you've already shared a testimony of, of you decreeing, declaring over your grandchild, but would you mind sharing one testimony of the power of seeing the principles, biblical principles of decreeing and declaring over people's lives and, and the breakthrough that had happened through that? I absolutely will. Um, we, a number of years ago, the Lord really started speaking to us about the spirit of robbery. It had really, you know, come to our area. I studied it out in scriptures about the Amalekites and the Amalekites, their name actually means to plunder and to rob and people were having dreams. And so God was speaking to us and we were teaching on that. Well, there was a family in our church that, um, that actually in, was working with the state on a grant with the state of Florida to install some kind of technology into the school systems. And they were operating on a $1.5 million grant, which got canceled during the economic downturn. And they're sitting in the congregation, they looked at each other and they said, wow, we've been robbed. And so I said, if you feel like you've been robbed, um, then, then you, you write a decree um, that, uh, that you're gonna take back. It says Exodus chapter 22, verse seven, if you catch a thief, he must restore double. Um, and so I said, you know, write a decree that, uh, that you're going to receive double for your trouble. And so they, they went home, they, they sat down, they wrote a decree, and then they reapplied for their grant. They felt like God said, reapply for that grant. Even though you got turned down, go reapply for the grant. 
And so they came to our church. They, they put their decree in front of us. We laid hands on it. We agreed with them for their decree. And I just felt like the Lord said, they're going to tell you no first, but, but when they tell you no, get excited because they're getting ready to turn around and tell you, yes, that was the prophetic kind of just working with the decree that they were making. And uh, they were decreeing things over their business. Well, um, about two weeks later, they got a call from our uh, governor's office, from somebody in the governor's office that said, listen, we've been going over your, your grant request. As we explained to you, because of the economic downturn, we don't have any money to fulfill this request. And so, you know, reapply next year. We'll see if we can do something next year. They got off the phone. They did a happy dance in their living room. Like they told us, no, <laughs> they told us, no. She said, if they tell us, no, they're getting ready to tell us yes. So two days later, the governor's office called back a different person in the governor's office called back and said, listen, uh, we've been going over your file and we have found that you should actually never have been defunded in the first place. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to restore last year's funding of $1.5 million. Plus we're going to double this year's funding. Wow. And so your, your company will be receiving a check for $4.5 million. And of course, now they're really doing a happy dance. Well, the story kind of goes on and the Senate, the state Senate office called them within a couple of weeks. And over the next four to five weeks, their funding for that year went from 4.5 million to 9 million wow. to 17 million to 25 million dollars to bring an acceleration of the project into the state of Florida. And all because this couple just decided they weren't going to leave well enough alone. They recognized they had been robbed. They wrote a decree according to scripture and according to the prophetic revelation. And I think the devil was mad that he ever messed with them because God broke their business out of a place of almost completely going under to a place that now their business is functioning, not just in the state of Florida, but functioning on a national level. And that's one great example of how a decree can break you out of where you are and break you into a whole new day. Wow. That is phenomenal. That is a move of God. That is powerful. Uh, I want to speak that over my life, Jane. <laughs> it would be an honor for you to lead us in an activation to decree. Amen. Amen. So, so here's what I want us to do. We are going to, um, we, uh, for all of the, the listeners right now, I want you to take one thing that you know God has said to you. Okay. I want you to think of one thing that, you know, God has, God has prophesied to you a scripture that God has given to you. And I want you just to begin to out of your own mouth, begin to speak it out, not as a prayer, but you're going to shift it into a decree. I just want to make, make, make you aware of something that when Jesus healed the sick, never do you ever see him praying for the sick. You don't actually ever see him saying, Father, if it be thy will, heal this sick person. No, Jesus made decrees, declarations of dominion. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk, stretch out your hand, be made whole, Lazarus, come forth. So you see, it's not even the length of the decree, it's the strength of the decree. So right, right now, wherever you are, I want you just to begin to say, I decree, and I want you to say what God has said to you. Say what God has decreed over your life, what God has spoken to your life. I want you just to say it, not as a prayer. I want you to speak it out. You're not even just speaking to God. You're speaking to the earth. You're speaking to the atmosphere. You're speaking to the circumstance. You're speaking to whatever it is that needs to shift. So some of you need to speak it over your family. You need to speak it over your business. You need to speak it over your city. 
uh, we're, we're releasing a decree right now over America that goes something like this. America shall be saved. That mm -hmm. is a decree. Doesn't matter what you're seeing in the news. Doesn't matter what you're seeing shaking around us. We believe that God has spoken and said, America shall be saved. So that is our decree. Every single time we gather together, we're saying America shall be saved. So Father, right now, God, I decree right now, there is an ecclesia that is rising up. Lord, we are shaking off, God, everything that has just spoken to us of old, dead, dry religion. And we are waking up and we are rising up, God, to be your ecclesia in the earth, God. We are going to release your decrees, Father God, to see families saved, to see uh, to see the prodigals come home, to see financial uh, explosion of increase, to see churches thriving in this season. God, we decree right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that America shall be saved. We yes. decree right now, God, that people are being broken out of places of deception, out of places of depression, out of places of being in debt because of what's gone on. Lord, we decree the spirit of breakthrough is coming upon each and every listener. God, that they are taking off the garments of heaviness and putting on the garments of praise. We decree decree, Lord, that you are turning the curse to a blessing for us because you love us. And God, we just decree that our greatest days are ahead of us. Greatest days of revival, our greatest days of awakening are at hand in Jesus' name. Yes, America shall be saved in Jesus' name. Guys, this was phenomenal. This was powerful, Jane. What is the best way for people to get hold of you and also your new book, Declarations for Breakthrough? You can go to janehammon.com. My last name is spelled H-A-M-O-N, not like Haman in the book of Esther. Okay, it's janehammon.com. Uh, or you can go to christianinternational.com or find me on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so very much. If you're listening into this, declare over yourself, declare over your family, declare over your wife, your kids, your, your business, declare. And also, also declare America shall be saved in Jesus' name. That was my new friend, Jane Hammond. Thank you so very much for being part of this. If you're listening into this, subscribe and share this podcast, Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.